Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Brewer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. This episode is for you if you are tired of your own BS. I know what it feels like. I was there very recently, and that is where I got the idea to do this total lifestyle overhaul, life audit, and envisioning of what my next level self would do, how she would act, how she would think, how she would feel. I've spoken about this extensively on the podcast and in my book. I used to call it the 2.0 version of myself, but I don't know. I heard next level self somewhere and I really like that. So that's what I'm saying now. That's what feels good right now because you can kind of envision what that looks like. It's like the next level version of yourself. So if you've ever been sick of your own shenanigans, the way you're thinking, bad habits you might be stuck in, negative thought patterns and cycles... Keep listening because hopefully my life audit and what I'm implementing in my own life and how I'm taking radical responsibility will inspire you to do the same in your life. In this episode, I'm going to explain exactly what my process was for doing this life audit. And it starts with, you guessed it, a life audit. An audit of all the current thought patterns and habits that you have, the good, the bad, the ugly. Because if you don't know, if you don't bring the unconscious to the conscious, you can't change it. So you have to be aware of the ways that you're holding yourself back. That's the first step. And then once you know better, you can do better. So that's where step two, the action comes in. And we're also going to talk about envisioning what it looks like to step into that next level self. The version of you that you know deep down you were made for, the reason you showed up on this earth at this time to fulfill your God-given talents and destiny. She's in there. She already lives within you. But we just got to unlearn all the thought patterns, all the habits that are keeping us stuck, make space for new and improved habits and ways of thinking to replace the old. Here's the thing I don't like about traditional goal setting. There's no self-reflection aspect to it. It's kind of just like, okay, it's New Year's or you're getting ready for a vacation or whatever reason you may want to improve yourself. We often add things to our to-do list. I'm going to drink this much water. I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to move my body. We often set, first of all, goals that are too vague, but we also don't make space to add these additional habits to our life. So no wonder it feels impossible to stick to because you're not taking the time to do the life audit portion of it. You're not taking the time to clear the space in your life so that you have time and energy, most importantly, for these new and improved ways of thinking and acting. That's why this is different than traditional goal setting. This allows you to take a good, hard look at yourself in the mirror, so it may be a little bit uncomfortable, but you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable if you want to step into that next level version of yourself and your life. Let's start with a little story time, shall we? 
For the past couple of years, my routines have been thrown around a kabillion times thanks to having my babies. Wouldn't change it for the world, but just when routine starts to set in again, something changes. Sleep patterns change, somebody is sick or starts teething or whatever happens, and it just throws your routine for a loop all over again. So I've had to really be conscious about reinventing my systems. But one thing that I've always struggled with throughout that time is the time I spend on my phone. I would go on these social media detoxes, feel amazing, then get sucked back into scrolling all the time. And I just didn't feel good about it. It wasn't really adding value to my life. And one night I was reading the book, Highly Sensitive Parent, which if you're a highly sensitive person and you're also a parent, I highly recommend reading this book. I haven't talked much about it on this podcast, but I very much identify myself as a highly sensitive person. If you want me to do a podcast about that, I can do it. I'm still learning about it as we speak. But one of the biggest things that they continue to repeat in that book is the nemesis of a highly sensitive person is overstimulation. And so what I would be doing when I had any second of downtime... I would veg out by going on my phone and consuming hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then something else would pull me away from that. Maybe one of my kids needed me or they woke up from their nap or I unfortunately got into the habit of checking my phone first thing in the morning again. And I just felt frazzled, like I was always on edge. I wasn't showing up as the parent I wanted to be. I was feeling like I was being short with the boys and definitely short with Mark, you can ask him. (laughs) I just felt like, what the F am I doing? And I kind of had this come to Jesus moment where I was just like, Julie, get your shit together. You're better than this. And it'd be one thing if I was where I wanted to be in life, if I was just coasting and comfortable. But to be honest, I never just want to be coasting and comfortable anyway. I realized that I'm still a far way away from my financial goals, my emotional goals, my career goals, my motherhood goals. And while I, yes, can give myself a pat on the back because I do feel like I'm doing well in most of those areas, there's still a large gap between where I'm at right now and where I want to be. So for me, effing off on my phone all day, what am I actually doing? Mark and I are in this big season of working on our businesses, having financial goals. And one thing I keep repeating to him is, if you want to get rich, get off your phone. I'm almost joking, but it's actually serious because zooming out, what that actually means is how much time are you spending on your phone, but you say you don't have time to make more money, start a business, start a side hustle, do a hobby just for fun, not even for financial gain. And that can also apply to many things. If you want to be happier, get off your phone. If you want to be more present, get off your phone. If you want to be in better shape, get off your phone. If you want to be more mindful with food, get off your phone. How many of us sit in front of our phone or a screen while we're eating every single meal? I know that if I'm by myself on the very rare occasion (laughs) where I'm eating without my kids or my husband, I'm watching a show, I'm on my phone, which is fine every once in a while. But these things can easily start to creep in and become the automatic habits that we have. And here's the thing. I am not here to convince anybody that they need to do anything. If you are comfortable with your life, if you're comfortable with your finances, if you're comfortable with your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, do you, sis. Whatever's working for you is working for you. This probably isn't the podcast for you. I'm not telling you you have to do this life audit. But what I am saying is if you are grateful for where you are, but there's a part of you that's still a little bit dissatisfied, you're like, I know I was meant for so much more than what I'm living right now, then let's do the damn thing. Let's do this life audit together. As always, it is great to listen to a podcast, but this is the reason I call this a workshop style podcast because this one especially is meant for you to listen to and to go back and maybe listen a second time and actually do this. 
schedule a time into your calendar where you can do this life audit. Because if you're like me and you're hungry for change, you know something's got to change because you don't feel your best emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, whatever it happens to be, then something's got to change. And nothing changes until we change. And last little thing before we get into the tangible takeaways of how to do this life audit, I wanted to share something that I just learned recently. I've always had this idea that you should share your goals in the process of achieving them for accountability, for support, for motivation, for clarity. But as I've gotten older, especially after becoming a mom, I've become a lot more private. So I was almost even hesitant to share this podcast, but I realized that I'm going to hold the boundary of not sharing specific goals for this reason. Because Dr. Huberman just released a podcast about goal setting, and he says in the podcast that you should not share your goals preemptively, so either before you start or in the process of achieving them, because what happens is you start to get positive feedback from those around you. That creates dopamine in the brain, and therefore your brain thinks, okay, we've already, we've done the thing. They're being congratulated, they're being rewarded, they're being told how great they are for working to achieve this goal. We can just coast and chill. And also, when you share your goals with other people, this has been my experience. I've shared my goals, my big goals with people in the past, and sometimes they're met with judgment. And it kind of takes away a little bit of the excitement and the eagerness to work for something that you got so excited about because people are like, wait, why are you doing that? It's almost like the crabs in the bucket thing, where if you're the crab that's trying to crawl out of the bucket, the other crabs are in the bottom of the bucket trying to pull you down because they don't want you to get out of the bucket you're in. That's at least been my experience. So if you are choosing to share your life audit or your goals with other people, I just strongly recommend that it's with someone you trust, somebody who's going to be super supportive and encouraging and motivating. And if that doesn't resonate with you and you're like, girl, I want to share it on social media, I'm going on a journey and people need to know about it. Do you? That's totally fine. But it's also okay to keep things for yourself. Without further ado, let's get into the life audit. We've talked about what the life audit is, what inspired me to do it. Let's get into the nitty gritty details about this specific life audit. So the first part we're going to do is a self-reflection piece. And I want you to think about everything you're doing in your life, the habits that are serving you and the habits that are not. I think it's great to look at the things we're doing well so that we can acknowledge that we're not failing at life miserably. But this process is really about taking a good look at yourself and taking radical responsibility for your thoughts and actions. Are they congruent with the type of person you want to be? And if they're not, this is where it's helpful. As we start to go through this process, I encourage you to not be judgmental of yourself. This is a very fine balance between holding yourself accountable and self-loathing. We can hold ourselves accountable. We can hold ourselves to a higher standard without making it mean anything about us as a person. Just because we've been on our phone too much or maybe we aren't at the body composition we want to be or we aren't the partner that we want to be or the mother we want to be and we just feel like we might be falling short in all these areas, especially as we start to pull out all these habits and thoughts that aren't serving us, that does not mean you're a bad person, a bad partner, a bad mother, a bad anything. You're just a human being and we all get lost sometimes. So give yourself grace and kindly, gently nudge yourself to push to a higher standard. The best way to do this is get into a quiet space, maybe go to a coffee shop, put your headphones in, listen to some relaxing music and really think about what are the biggest time sucks and wasters in your life. 
There's so many different ways you can go with this. But as I say that, I'm sure you have something coming up for you. Something that's like, oh, yep, I can name the top three right off the top of my head. Those are the biggest ones and probably where you should start. But I also came up with some micro ones like rewashing my laundry, not having really good laundry systems, not utilizing calendars and planners, keeping them all in sync because I used to do that all the time. I was a calendar planner girl. I loved it so much. And then becoming a mom, it's just been like all over the place with two young kids. Wasting food is another time and energy suck and money suck. Wishing you were doing something else with someone else somewhere else that robs you of your joy and peace. And overall, I mentioned laundry systems, but just not having systems in your house in general. Things getting cluttered. You don't feel organized. You feel like your life is just living in that chaos and overstimulation that I spoke about. And of course, another big one, probably my biggest one, was my social media usage. So I'll tell you what I'm doing about those things in a second. But right now, we're in the self-audit zone. We are looking at all of the habits that are no longer serving us. The next thing we're going to do is go into the thought patterns that are no longer serving us. I just mentioned this one, so it should have been a thought pattern, but wishing you were doing something else, wishing you were somewhere else, wishing you lived somewhere else, spending your time on social media, thinking that everybody else's life is better than yours, any kind of self-loathing or feeling bad about yourself, beating yourself up for not being perfect. What are the mental thoughts that you just ruminate about that keep you in this spiral of maybe anxiety or feeling depressed or just not feeling like your next level self? And as you're doing this, please understand that this is hard to face. It's really hard to be radically honest with yourself about the ways that you're holding yourself back. But often that's what it is. We tend to point the finger and be like, well, if I lived here, it would be better. If, if my spouse was more supportive, it'd be better. If my kids were older, it'd be easier. If I just had this job instead of that one, it'd be easier. But let me just tell you a little secret, one that I'm learning right now. The only thing standing between you and the life you want is yourself. That's hard as to take accountability for because it's so much easier and it feels so much better for our ego to blame other people because then we don't have to take responsibility. We're like, well, I don't have enough money because the government takes it. I don't have the body I want because I'm tired. I have kids. I just, I can't. It's my kid's fault. I hate my job, but it's because my boss sucks. And there might be a little bit of truth to all those things, but just because there's truth to it doesn't mean we can't change the situation. And the way that we change is number one, acknowledging the behavior that is out of congruence with who we really want to be, how we want to be thinking or acting, taking responsibility for those behaviors and thoughts, and then choosing to replace those thoughts and behaviors with something that's more meaningful, something that is more in alignment with what we actually want. The next step of the life audit is categorize the different areas of your life. So I literally went through pretty much every single area of my life where I felt like I needed improvements. And then I started breaking those out into bullet points. So first of all, come up with categories. For example, I did my health, home and family systems, work, finances, and online presence. Yours might look the same. Yours might look different, but I'll kind of go through a few of my bullet points for each. So the first one is health. When I talk about health, I refer to health as mental and physical. If I don't have my health, I ain't got shizzle. You know what I mean? Health is my number one priority because health helps me show up as a better parent. And I don't just mean physical health. I also mean mental and emotional health as well. So let's talk about my physical health first. Based on what I came up with in my life audit and the areas I felt like I was falling short with my physical health, I came up with a few things I needed to do consistently to improve. Drinking three liters of water per day. I do not drink enough water. 
taking my supplements consistently, easy enough, but somehow I always forget, working with a fitness coach, which I've already been doing. If you heard my podcast with Andrew, you know that. It was an awesome episode. Go listen to it. And meal prepping, the bane of my existence as a mother. Mental health. This is a big one. As we talked about, the overstimulation I realized was the biggest thing that was robbing me of my peace and joy and ability to show up as the type of mother I want to be. First thing, it's so hard for me, but waking up before the kids. Jack is still not sleeping through the night. He's nine months. I don't need advice about that. It's all good. Happy to do it. Happy to support my baby in the night. However, that makes it harder to wake up before them in the morning. But I know that when I do, I'm a much better parent because I get some alone time, some time to meditate, some time to just sit there, drink my coffee in peace while it's still hot. If you know, you know. Along with that is no phone. If I'm waking up before my kids, it would be stupid (laughs) to just scroll for an hour or 30 minutes or 15 minutes before they wake up because then they wake up and I'm like, crap, I didn't even get to do the things I needed to do. So no phone. That's a hard, hard boundary for me because I know what it feels like to wake up and scroll because I got sucked back into that habit again. Another big one with my phone is meditating instead of scrolling after getting into bed at night. I've been doing this by keeping my phone outside of the bedroom. I plug it in in the kitchen now because I'm like, how? why do I actually need to look at my phone in the middle of the night? I used to like wake up and check the time and see what time it was that Jack woke up. But I'm like, why do I need to know? There's nothing useful I do with that information. So I keep it in the kitchen so that I'm not even tempted. And sometimes I will put in my AirPods and I'll do a meditation, but I keep my phone away from me. And then I just take out my AirPods and put them away when the meditation is over. I'm also trying to replace that phone scrolling time with reading because I find that it makes my eyes so heavy. And I'm just like, oh my God, I need to go to sleep. And do you know what's funny about this? This past time that our family went up to the cottage, there was one night where I decided I was going to do a complete phone detox for, I think, 24 hours. So I wasn't really with my phone at all. And usually as I'm putting Jack to sleep at night, I, when I'm nursing him, I'm scrolling on my phone and it kind of keeps me awake. But this one night I didn't have my phone because I was doing that 24 hour phone detox and I fell asleep with him at like eight o'clock. And I slept until the next day, obviously with wake ups throughout the night with Jack. But I woke up in the morning with more energy than I've had in years. And that that was kind of my come to Jesus moment. I'm like, what are you doing? I understand that desire to buy back your time after your kids go to sleep because you've been giving of yourself all day. But how much is it really giving back to you to be consuming other people's lives? That's just something to think about, whether you're a parent or not. Like, how is it giving back to you to consume other people's content all the time, especially at night when you could be sleeping. We could all use more sleep. I mean, let's get real here. On the note of lack of sleep, I've also realized that I can't wait until my sleep is perfect and use that as my excuse to not get in the shape that I want to be. You know, it'd be so easy to be like, well, I'm not sleeping through the night. I really could use the extra sleep instead of going to the gym. And while that is absolutely true, how long am I going to wait until my sleeping conditions are perfect to actually start working towards my health and fitness goals? I can't. Yes, that means my training may be suboptimal. It might not be the most amount of weight I'm ever lifting, but that's okay. I need to show up for myself and it actually makes me feel better. Energy begets energy. You create energy. That's something I've learned. You don't just get it by sleeping maybe an extra 30 minutes. You get up, you move your body and you create it. Create the energy. Another mental health thing I'm trying to do is get ready for the day. If you're a stay-at-home mom or you work from home, you know how easy it is to get sucked in to just wearing yoga pants all day, every day, or even just like pajama pants. 
sometimes we don't even put on a bra. You know what I mean? It's like 12 o'clock and I'm like, okay, I should probably go outside. But if I'm going outside, I have to put on a bra. So now I'll just stay inside. (laughs) It's all good. However, I feel a lot better about myself when I take time to change out of my glasses and put on my contacts and maybe apply a little bit of tinted SPF and get my ass outside with a little bit of mascara on. You know what I mean? It's like you look good, you feel good. I really believe that especially after this post-pandemic era where we were all home forever. We got so used to, or I got so used to just like being in my cozies all day, every day, but that doesn't make me feel good. That's not how my next level self would show up or wants to show up. So I'm not doing anything crazy to get ready because I stay home with two little kids. I'm covered in yogurt and bodily fluids, pee, whatever all day. So I'm not trying to like look like I'm going to prom. I'm literally just putting on a pair of jeans and a tank top and a swipe of mascara and calling it a day. And then regular therapy sessions, scheduling them in advance so that they're on my calendar so that I don't skip them or it doesn't go too long without a scheduled therapy session. And then I email my therapist like, SOS, I really need you. And then she doesn't have availability for a month. I'm scheduling my therapy sessions in advance. Those are just a few things for mental and physical health. Let's move on to home and family systems. Keeping a drop zone organized and tidy. My friend Michelle from Cultivate Your Space talks about drop zones, so I will try to find a resource she has about it and link that for you. But it's essentially the area that you drop all your shit at when you come in the door, your keys, your purse, your whatever. My goal is to keep that organized and tidy, organizing all the boys' toys into different bins, figuring out a freaking laundry system, because God, if that's not the bane of my existence, I don't know what is. Creating a master schedule and coordinating with Mark one to two weeks in advance with activities, appointments, etc. So that we're both on the same page. It's on the big wall calendar in our kitchen. It's also in my planner for work. It's also on my Google calendar. So it's everywhere. Minimizing clutter, physical and emotional. And reminding myself of my personal values with my kids. So trying to limit screen time, which includes limiting my screen time, because I really think you have to lead by example as a parent. And if I'm like, hey, you can't watch another episode of Trash Truck, but I'm going to sit here on my phone for 30 minutes while I tell you to play, like that doesn't seem fair to me. And it's not setting a very good example. Am I guilty of it? Sure. I get bored. I'm home all day with two small children, one of which who cannot have a conversation with me. But it's reminding myself of our personal values with our kids and how we want to raise them and how we can show up as leaders and set a better example for them. Work and time management. This goes back to just creating that calendar organization system, creating better organizational systems for my clients. So having an onboarding system where we schedule the call, then they get the intake form, the intake form goes into their folder on the Google Drive and blah, blah, blah. Here are all the steps. Creating that has been super helpful and it makes sure that I don't miss anything. Moving on to finances, planning savings goals has been so fun for us. And one thing I just heard in a podcast recently that we're going to start doing is opening separate bank accounts for different things. So as an example, we want to plan a family trip to go see my family in Florida in the winter and meet up with friends and stay in an Airbnb with them. So we will be opening a separate bank account for the Florida trip. And I think that's more motivating too, because let's say you have a couple different savings goals, like you're saving for a house and you're saving for a trip and you're saving or you're trying to pay off debt or whatever it happens to be. I don't know about you, but I'm not motivated to sell something for $10 on Facebook Marketplace if it's just going to go into our general bank account, because I don't notice a big difference. I'm not like, wow, we have 10 more dollars in our bank account. 
But when your bank account starts at zero because you have a savings goal, like you're saving for a trip, every little bit counts. And I know it should be like that for a general bank account too, but for some reason that just doesn't make sense in my brain. But thinking of selling things we aren't using anymore for like 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 bucks, whatever, and then putting that in a savings account specifically for a trip, it's so fun to watch it add up. You're like, oh my God, I got another 10 bucks in there. I got another 25. There we go. This is awesome. And then you really start to see it add up over time. So that and the only other thing financially right now that I think is going to make the biggest impact besides planning our savings goals for many different areas is to stop ordering food so much. But that goes back to the health goal of creating meal prepping systems. To be honest, our biggest issue is that we get food. We go grocery shopping. I love to shop. I love going to the grocery store with the kids, without the kids. I don't care. They're my little buddies. I take them with me. Leo pushes this tiny grocery cart they have at one of the grocery stores we go to. It's just a good time. And I enjoy shopping for healthy food with them, letting them pick out different colors of vegetables and fruits. It's just, it's a lot of fun for us. But then we get home and then life gets busy and then we're out doing something. Oh, let's just get food because it's already 530. We don't have time to go home, make food, do the whole thing. This is really a summer problem when we're out a lot more. And it's also a lack of meal prepping, meal planning problem because it always ends up being 530. We're like, well, we're already out. I guess we might as well just stop and get one of those big healthy bowls that we love to get again. Shucks. It really just doesn't align with our financial goals to continuously be buying food out because then not only are we spending money on the food that we're purchasing, we're also letting food go to waste, which is something I absolutely hate for the environment, for our bank account. There's nothing worse than throwing away a $35 pack of chicken thighs. I had to do that the other day and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is not the way I want to be living. I could have eaten all of these and that would have been so much protein to help me reach my health goals. Okay. So yeah, planning savings goals, stop ordering food are two big things. And then the last one that I have really tried to work on is my relationship with my phone and my digital slash online presence. So let me explain a little bit what that looks like for me specifically. I'm not sure if you saw, but we made the choice to stop sharing our kids' faces on social media for many reasons. If you'd like me to do a podcast about that, please let me know because I've gotten a lot of questions about it and a lot of people being like, wait, why? I don't understand. So happy to chat about that. This is not the podcast episode for that. But I cleaned up my social media feed, people who were following me. I put my account on private just for now. I don't know if it'll stay that way forever, but just went through, deleted most of the pictures of the boys, just kind of cleaned things up a little bit. I intend to do the same thing with my Facebook page. Like, just go through. I have so many people that I'm friends with on Facebook that I met 20 years ago. I'm like, I don't need you seeing my life and what I'm up to. I just feel a lot more private and protective of my space, my family, everything right now. And so I'm trying to make my digital online presence reflect that, which is hard as somebody who has showed up online for many, many years. But it's a process. I'm not perfect at it, but we are starting to go through the process of doing that. And then another one, this is probably one of the hardest ones for me, but I made a commitment to myself that the only time I am going to scroll on my phone or watch stories on Instagram is when I am either doing cardio or nursing Jack. And I still nurse him a significant amount of time per day. So it's not like I'm going to be so deprived from screen time. There's plenty of times I can be on my screen and that's okay because I was still doing that and checking my phone constantly throughout the day for notifications and it was just, it's too much. And then the other time is when I'm doing cardio. So I made a commitment to myself to really improve my heart health 
I've been learning a lot about longevity, aging, the importance of building muscle, but also the importance of cardiovascular health in general. And what's interesting is coming from a diet culture background, I always just saw cardio as the way to lose weight. You add cardio to create a bigger calorie deficit. But now that I'm getting older and I'm in my 30s, I'm really starting to think about my long-term health because I have two babies that I'm here for. And beyond that, I'm worth taking care of too, just on my own. And both of my parents have had heart surgeries, not the best. And I'm really starting to get serious about my heart health beyond what I'm currently doing. The benefit of only scrolling while doing cardio is that I'm either going to be in amazing shape because I want to scroll a lot (laughs) or I'm just going to have way less screen time. So it's kind of a win-win situation, but that's a commitment I'm making to myself for the month of September. Hopefully that continues forever because I I think that's a really good habit to put in place. There's a trade-off. I'm also trying to do that at night when it comes to using my phone versus cleaning up the house. What I used to do was we would put both boys down, then we'd be utterly exhausted from the day. And we would go right on our phones, we'd sit down, and then 30 minutes would go by, and then we still have to clean the house, but then it's already 9.30 p.m. and you're exhausted, and then you just have to drag yourself around and try to clean, and then you go to bed at 11, and then it just creates this terrible cycle. So something I've also been trying to do is saying, okay, right when the kids go to bed, just do your cleanup, and then you can watch your show for a little bit, or go on your phone for a little bit, or do whatever, almost like as a reward. You almost have to parent yourself. When I'm saying all this, it's like, this is shit that I tell my kids to do. When we clean up all the toys, then we can watch a short episode of your show. I'm like literally parenting myself. I'm like, okay, Julie, when you clean up your big, big mess from the day, then you can watch your show. (laughs) It's funny how we have to do that, but it's true. And again, it's not something to be ashamed of. We're all human. I am being very honest with you guys about my shortcomings in this episode. So hopefully it inspires you to take radical responsibility and action towards the things that you want to do. There's more to the life audit, such as going back through your mental patterns and the thoughts that you continuously think to yourself that aren't serving you anymore and learning how to reprogram those and choose different thoughts, choose different ways that you want to think that are more in alignment with who you want to become. Maybe I can do a part two about that, but I've done tons of episodes about mindset and changing thought patterns, so I will link a few of those in the show notes below if you want to go back and listen to those. To recap, what we're doing here is a life audit, baby. Number one, we are being completely honest and transparent lovingly about the ways that our habits and our thoughts are not serving us, and the way that we're doing that is by creating a list. What are the biggest time sucks and wasters? What are the habits that you're currently engaged in that are holding you back from your next level self? What are the thoughts that you're currently thinking that you want to change that you know aren't serving you? And then we're breaking our life down into different categories. Maybe that's health, family, work, time management, finances, your digital presence, whatever it happens to be. Break your life down into different sections and go through each of those based on the answers to your life audit section and come up with some goals, come up with some new habits, some new systems, some new thought patterns so that you can start showing up as your next level self, the version that you know you are meant for. You know that she's deep down in you right now. And to be honest with you, you probably don't even have to dig that far. We just have to clear that space of all the crap that's not serving us, all the habits, all the thoughts, so that we can make room for these new habits. Please do not skip the life audit section. 
because it is only when you take the time to eliminate the shit that's not serving you that you have time and energy for the new goals and habits. This is why it's different from goal setting. I said this in the beginning of the episode, but I'll repeat it again. You have to clear out the old to make room for the new. You can't just go to Starbucks and have a goal setting session with yourself and think that you're just going to all of a sudden not change anything about your life, but start adding on dozens of new habits. It's like, sister, that's why it hasn't worked in the past because you haven't eliminated things in order to make room. So that's what we're doing with the life audit. We're auditing our lives. We are taking radical responsibility. Take a shot for every time I've said radical in this episode. (laughs) And we are choosing to step into the next level version of ourselves. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, share it on your Instagram story and tag me. I love you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with these podcast episodes. I shared this on Instagram, but I think it's worth saying here too. Something I'm really into now is creating longer, juicier pieces of content that take a while to plan and produce and edit. Like my podcast with Andrew, even though you only heard an hour and a bit of that, it took about 12 to 14 hours from the three-hour recording that I had to edit down to an hour to the planning the producing. It just takes me a long time to edit podcasts, but I'm really into these longer projects right now. So they may be more infrequent, like one podcast a month, because that's my bandwidth right now. And that's what's actually doable for me. But I'm having a lot of fun right now, taking the time to build out these episodes so that they are full of juicy content and information for you. And it's something that I'm proud of. It's a project that I'm proud to produce. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you do like shorter episodes, I am happy to do like five minute Friday type of things too. In the meantime, let me know your thoughts. We're just trying different things right now as we get back into a flow and routine with the podcast. So I appreciate your patience. I appreciate all your love. If you're still listening, you're my person. I love you. I am appreciative of you. And I can't wait to see all the ways you start showing up for yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically. You deserve it. I'm in your corner always and forever. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. See you then. Okay, I am editing this podcast. This is October now, and this is in real time. Obviously, I am sick, but I did want to share that if you need help going through this life audit, you need some accountability and support. I'm actually opening up some space in my calendar to walk you through this life audit, and I promise I will have my voice back (laughs) by the time we chat. But if this is something you're interested in, you need somebody to hold you accountable and walk you through this process of the life audit shoot me a DM on Instagram at Healthy Happy Podcast and just say the words life audit and I will send you all of the information about booking a call. I would be so happy to take you through this process. It's something I do with my clients in the formula, but I want to open it up to everyone. So I'm excited. If you're excited, shoot me a DM and say life audit. I need to go rest my voice, but I love you and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.